Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, that because we have met together here today, life may grow greater for those who have lost faith in it, simpler for those who are confused by it, more secure for those who would escape it, happier for those who may be tasting the bitterness of it, safer for those who are feeling the peril of it, more friendly for those who are feeling the loneliness of it, and holier for all to whom life may have lost its dignity, its beauty, and its meaning. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This past Sunday at 5 p.m., we gathered in Dean Willie Hall for our monthly crowded table service to talk about diversity and equity and inclusion here at St. Paul's. In the large group and in the smaller groups, people shared their stories, sometimes painful, sometimes joyful. Stories were shared about the limitations of body and mind and spirit, and about the limitations of physical spaces, the limitations created by hardness of heart, and both the broad and specific limitations of just being human. We also shared the beauty and love that is experienced when limitations are honored and seen not as something that detracts from a person, but rather simply a piece of who we are as a whole. Last night I was honored to be the officiant at a wedding for cathedral members. After the ceremony, I stood in this small gathering of people from St. Paul's and was gifted the gesture of an offering of an adult beverage. I declined as I am intentionally sober. I have Crohn's disease and diagnosed anxiety and depression and alcohol. It just does bad things for all of that. In just a few sentences, a fellow St. Pauli and I learned that we are medication buddies. We take the same medication, though for, you know, different autoimmune disease. And the question, what's wrong with you, brought us to a deeper knowing and understanding of each other. A connection was built through the ways in which our bodies just don't do what we would like for them to do. And today, today we hear the story of one who is limited. Jesus is in Jerusalem, and we're told that there is a sheep gate. And by the sheep gate, there is a pool called Bethsaida. And there are these five columns around this pool of water. And it's where people gather to seek physical healing in their bodies. It was believed that angels would stir up the waters, and the first one to enter in, the first one into that angel-frothed 
school would be healed physically. Jesus encounters a man who had been ill for 38 years. And Jesus asks him a question that is simple only in Scripture. It's seven words. The question, do you want to be made well? For seven words, it's a complicated question. And it is worth the time, beloved, to ponder. Did the man answer the question? And was he really made well? What was his real limitation? See, it's a complicated question. And if the question were posed to you, do you want to be made well? I wonder what your answer would be. Well, certainly the man did give Jesus a response, but he didn't answer the question. Do you want to be made well? Where was the resounding yes? Rather, he gives this litany of complaint. There's no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and when I, when I try to get there by myself, someone else always beats me there. And Jesus' response, it's just seven more words. Stand up, take your mat, and walk. And our gospel, or John, tells us that the man was made well. But I wonder, was he really? Now, certainly, Jesus opened the way for this man's body to behave the way that society says a body should behave. The ill man, who had no one and was unable to be the instrument of his own healing, was able to stand up and to walk. But does that mean that he was well? If we read further into the fifth chapter of John's Gospel, this discontent man never says thank you to Jesus. In fact, when confronted for carrying his mat on the Sabbath, When he is confronted by the Jewish authorities, the man promptly blames Jesus. Well, sort of. Because this man didn't even know Jesus' name. Some guy did it. Some guy. And it's not until this man walking, walking, with the Jewish authorities, when they see Jesus, he promptly points points him out. That's him. That's the guy who healed me and made me break the rules. It's there in that fifth chapter that the persecution of Jesus begins. And so really, was the ill man made well? 
And when I think about his real limitation, I don't think that it is his body, which doesn't work the way that he wants it to. It doesn't work the way that society wants it to. I think the real limitation is this man's despair, his despondency, his apathy. I'm always struck by how limited and narrow our sense and understanding of perfection is. Anything that falls outside of this narrow view is deemed broken, is deemed imperfect, is deemed in need of healing, and certainly is deemed not made in God's image. And I know I know that narrowness because I lived a very narrow life until I got sick, which opened for me a real opportunity to be made well. I've been in the place of the man in our gospel ridden with despair and apathy, frustrated by my lack and frustrated by others' abundance. I have had literal dark nights, angry and confused and furious to no end that I would have a body that doesn't work the way that it's supposed to, a body that doesn't behave, a body that I, I, shouldn't have. You know, it's those nights where the most shameful thoughts appear. This kind of body? This kind of body's for someone else. I'm too good. I'm too privileged, too deserving. I mean, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in seminary. I mean, come on! God, I'm coming to serve you! And your people, shouldn't I have something better than just this? I know healing. And I've experienced healing in my life. And I still have an autoimmune disease that will never go away. And mental health struggles that I will always have to navigate. I'm so grateful for the medication that I have. Well, me and my medication buddy. So grateful for that medication. And I'm so grateful for the friends who helped to bring me literally out of that dark night through a blizzard to a doctor to receive treatment. I'm grateful for the tenacity of my siblings and of my dad who helped me to navigate the complexities of our healthcare system and the real actual frustrations of um, like a mail-away pharmacy. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for being made well. To have my eyes opened to how perfectly made in God's image I am, even when my body doesn't do what I want it to do. 
beloveds, Jesus is asking each and every one of us if we want to be made well. And thankfully, it doesn't require of us cheerfulness or faithfulness or, from our gospel today, even knowledge of who Jesus is. The offer to be made well is for all people. My prayer for you and for me, for all of God's creation, is that we would not trade the gift of being made well for the smallness of the human picture of perfection. You, 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 you are a beloved child of God. And in every stage of life, from infancy to where you find yourself now, in every stage of life, in every body, in every mind, in every spirit, you are a reflection of God. You are God's image among us. My prayer for you, and for me, and for all of God's creation, is that we would be able to make space for every image of God among us, where all can know the gift of being made well. <laughs>